Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It is the unfiltered band. It means another episode. The band is back together. Indeed, of unfiltered coming at you right here, right now, as we are about 24 hours from the trade deadline. That's right. Let me remind people, 24 hours. That means it's a whole day. All right? Your team didn't crap the bed yet. Your team didn't miss out on everything they needed to do yet. Your GM didn't fail yet. Your owner didn't not buy in yet. You didn't do anything yet. Even if you did something so far, we don't know if you're done yet. Do you see where I'm going as I'm scratching my head? It's not the deadline yet, people. That's what we're here to do. Help you count down on Unfiltered. Thanks for being with me. Thank you, Unfiltered Band. Get me at Casey Stern on Twitter. Do not forget this. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern time. It'll be 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock. 3 to 6. Three hours full. Live show. Three-hour tour on Twitter. And it'll be on YouTube as well. Live streamed. You're going to get... Like a radio show, a video show of me the whole time with guests and all sorts of stuff. We're going to have former GMs. We're going to have folks hopping in, talking about the deals. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be cats and dogs and dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria, like they said, in Ghostbusters. It's going to be bananas. And I hope you will be here with me. And I hope you are following everything that is going on in this unfiltered revolution on Twitter at Casey Stern. Happy to uh, be here with you. Let's catch up on everything that has happened. It's been a busy day and on what to expect as we move forward. In the next 24 hours. Again, reminder, not the next four minutes, in the next 24 hours as of this posting of this podcast by the time you are able to get it. Here we go. The Yankees and the Astros and the race in the American League. Seattle Mariners get Luis Castillo. We talked about that. And I said, important, 21 years without a playoff spot, opportunity to vault yourself in, right? It's important for you, even if you just get a wild card, even if you can't go the distance, to get your team into the postseason because of the value of what it meant for the Mariners. The pressures for the Yankees and for the Astros are different. The pressures for those two teams are, we are the men among the boys, clearly the two best teams. Everybody expects we're going to face off and go head-to-head here in the ALCS. And how do I one-up the next? What do I need? I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, so if you've been listening and following, a lot of the things that have happened should not be surprises to you. I had said, the Yankees were in there right there with the Mariners, and they were in Luis Castillo, and I had said in missing out on Castillo, they expected that they would end up getting Frankie Montas, and they got Frankie Montas in a deal where they get Lou Trevino, nice dynamic arm as well, in the back end of the bullpen which uh, adds to, by the way, uh, Everest when you think about adding him from the Cubs, a guy who's got control and quirky stuff. The way that he delivers to get big right-handed bats out late, that's going to be huge for them. And I expect the Yankees to add another arm for depth because remember, Severino down, you lose King. You know, Tyone hasn't been as good. If you listen to the pod we did with Sweeney Murdy, he talked about that. You have to really have as much as you can bring to the table, throw darts at a board, because you don't know who you're going to ride outside of Garrett Cole. What horses are going to be your guys, right? 
to bring in Frankie Montas and have your game two starter set where you're in a, in a really nice spot, it, it puts you in a much better position. The Yankees dealt good prospects, but they kept Volpe. You didn't deal Peraza. You're in a position where you still have those guys if you wanted to use them. We know the Yankees are seemingly not in the Soto sweepstakes, and I'll get to that in a second and where those are. But for Frankie Montas, the addition for the Yankees, and you add now two relievers to the mix, Brian Cashman has done a fantastic job. A lot of pressure. Everybody knew the Yankees had to try and make something big out of this year. Could be the last with Aaron Judge. You've got a historic year from what Judgey has done. You know, obviously, they've got a chance to win and win big. They're clearly one of the best five teams in baseball, one of the best two in the American League, regardless of what they've done against the Astros head-to-head. No reason to believe they can't. Doesn't mean they will, but can't beat them in a postseason. Brian Cashman had to move and shake, had to get things done. Adds Ben Attendee, check. Goes and adds Frankie Montas, check. Adds Trevino, check. Everest, they are in a better spot. Those four acquisitions, big for the Yankees. And I don't think they're done. I think the Yankees will still attempt to remain active in the final 24 hours of this thing and add another arm. I think an Ian Happ with the Cubs would be interesting in the way that he can kind of move around. They'd like to upgrade some of their spots, even in an everyday situation, and give Booney more options. They want to make sure that they have everything that they need to go to the distance because, remember, 60-game season, supposed to waltz through, Rays knock them off. 200-win seasons for Booney in his first two years, and they don't do anything in either one in the postseason. They lose both. Obviously, you blew a 3-2 to two lead when you look at the lead against the Astros in that one series. Then you've got a year where the Red Sox are singing New York, New York and mocking Aaron Judge as they go ahead and beat you in a series and move past you and end up playing Houston. You cannot have any of that happen. They feel like they've got to push the pedal down, and they did. Why? Houston. Let's talk about the Astros. Trey Mancini. Love Trey Mancini. Was uh, bouncing around a couple uh, times the last two days in Baltimore talking to folks on radio there. And, and I said, I get it. I get it. The heartstrings are there. Trey Mancini makes your hair stand up. The story makes your damn hair stand up. Who would want to lose that guy? Well, you know what? Deal with it in two months. Find a way to get him back as a free agent. Let him end his career there. All of that's nice. The Orioles had to do, as I've called it, the Paula Abdul in opposites attract the video with the cat. Take the two steps forward to take the two steps back. They had to be thinking, what do we add? Guriel has not been able to get it done this year. Mancini, not a guy you really want to put out there in the field. They'll hide him, whatever they got to do, first base, move him into left field a little bit if they have to even, and, and hide him into late innings. They had to, from the right side of the plate, get another bat. Adding Mancini, I think, is a really nice lift for them. We'll see whether or not Houston is done. Will they re-involve themselves in an arm race? Could they try and even upgrade in pitching? Could perhaps a Carlos Rodon, should he become available or more so? in the final 24 hours before this deadline, if the Giants go that direction, be somebody they would look at. Would a Noah Syndergaard in division be somebody they would look at and take a shot with him and see whether or not all the, the pitching genius that they've got there can figure out how to get all of his rates to rate where they need? Right now, those two teams are right where they need. The Astros and the Yankees are the best two teams in the American League. The best are getting bester, and they are separating that gap from the other teams that are there in that race. Montas added to the Yankees a big move by New York. Now we'll see whether or not Juan Soto moves. Let's talk about that. I told you Otani would not get traded. It was not a shock. You listen on deals like that. You just don't tell anyone. All right. The Angels were in a scenario where it didn't make any sense to trade Otani right now, but it does always make sense to listen. If somebody calls you, you know what? I, I always keep going back to the same thing. 
There's nothing in the world, and I just did it, worse than moving, absolutely nothing. Everyone's been there in that spot where you're sitting there, all the boxes are finally away, you're popping champagne with your better half, and you're saying, my gosh, we are never moving again. This is legitimately the worst thing that's ever happened. You're thinking, I never want to move again the rest of my life. If you're getting a phone call 10 minutes after that, and somebody offers you twice as much for your home, honey, where are the boxes? Let's get to the garage. And you're out. You just... In this case, if you're listening, you don't tell anyone. If your in-law says, hey, how's this soup? And you could barely keep it down without vomiting, you don't tell your in-law. See somebody with a half shirt shouldn't be in one? Eh, maybe you need to lose five to ten. You may be thinking that, good or bad. If we're talking unfiltered, maybe you're thinking that. You don't tell them that, right? There are certain things you just don't say. All right. If you're the angels listening on Otani, nothing wrong with you don't have to share that you actually were doing it. That's where they made the mistake. The Nationals is a different situation. We know the team wanted to leak the four hundred and forty million dollar offer, whether you think it's fair or not. They knew it wouldn't be enough. Then you've got Scott in Scott Boris and Soto, you know, not getting on the plane flight they want. You know, the Nationals said they wanted to keep me and now they're going to trade me. And all of that in the last 15 days has gotten hairy. So that's where the talks for Juan Soto have gotten increasingly more interesting. However, I've been saying this since day one. You go back in this podcast, even since at the beginning of when Buster came out in the Home Run Derby and said, hey, a lot of people feel like executives do, that he'll get moved before the deadline. And I've said there was still a way better chance he would not. Because in the offseason is where the leverage for the Nationals would be. It's where more teams are available. It's where you, you could have a ton of scenarios. I mentioned the Yankees, right? Think about this in terms of the, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon to go get you back into the Soto conversation. Ben Attendee's a rental. Let's say they don't want him back. They don't engage. They try and get Aaron Judge, and he goes off the board. Soto's still a National. You think the Yankees would engage to go try and have him be the guy instead of Judge? These things could happen. The Red Sox decide, and that ownership has money. They've done this before. Hey, we want to vault ourselves back up. Maybe they get rid of J.D. Martinez's contract. Maybe they unload some of their pitchers, and they say, hey, we need a guy moving forward. Maybe they get in on Soto. Texas Rangers on the precipice feeling like, okay, we got money. Maybe they get in. The Mets, maybe in an offseason where they wouldn't now. Maybe they get in. So right now, when you've got San Diego and you've got St. Louis and you've got the Dodgers, you've got three teams. You may have eight, nine, ten, not going to be 20, even though 29 would want Soto, right? 30, if you include the Nationals, who I'm sure the team would love to keep them it, it, under their terms, right? You've got at least nine, ten teams who are going to engage in this, including getting back to Seattle, getting back in the mix, and who knows who else. That is something Mike Rizzo knows. That is leverage that he holds. That is leverage he will not lose. Juan Soto is not a rental. This is not Josh Bell. Juan Soto is not Trey Mancini. Juan Soto is not Andrew Benatendi. Forget not being those players and being better, but he's not a rental and done at the end of the year. The leverage is on your side, which is why I still say, and I've been this way, 60-40, still sitting there, 60% doesn't get dealt, 40 does. Who's going to be desperate? Let's break the three teams down. The Dodgers don't seem to make sense to be desperate because what they should be desperate for is Walker Bueller to come back healthy at the front of the rotation. And really, if they get the arms that they have and May and company, and those guys are in the mix and they can kind of figure it out, you're looking at an arm or two to help set up in the back end of the bullpen and give you a little bit more spread out depth. And you feel like other than that, you're ready. Do you think with Freeman and Betts and Turner and Muncie and all the names they have that you need Juan Soto? Now, let's go to something I've said, I, you know, me with analogies, many times over the last 20 years. 
This is not a world we live in, most of us, what I'm about to say. If you've got a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or whatever your car of choice is, right, and it's in your driveway, you feel great about that. You don't need another one, do you? But if you could, better you than me. I mean, look, good for you. If you could, eh, why not? The Dodgers, the rich getting richer, doesn't seem to be a necessity, and that's why I don't think they'll get them, because follow me, the desperation for them is not as big as it is for the Padres, who lost out on Max Scherzer a year ago in that race with the Los Angeles Dodgers, egg on the face for about seven and a half minutes. We thought Scherzer a Padre. Nope. Dodger and the Padres go away and, and they're off the reservation and the Dodgers move and go and win the division again, right? Well, there's a little bit more pressure there. St. Louis, okay, we could win this division. We could maybe beat Milwaukee. Maybe you're feeling like, okay, if we win a division, we avoid the wild card, we make a stretch run, and I go put Soto between Arenado and Goldschmidt. The Cardinals don't have to sign Juan Soto after the next two-plus years. It'll be worth it to watch those years with those three in the middle of your batting order. And they are full of prospects that they can move, including position player prospects that they can move and pitching prospects that they can move. All right? San Diego and St. Louis have to be, if you're looking at the Dodgers and the Cardinals and the Padres, they have to be two teams you look at as way more likely to give what it would take to get Juan Soto. So if he gets moved, as of now, between now and the deadline, 24 hours to go, he will be a Cardinal or he will be a San Diego Padre or he will remain right now with the Washington Nationals. I don't think you're getting a surprise with the Mets. I don't think you're getting a surprise with the Yankees back in it. I don't think the Mariners, because of the Castillo deal, could do it, although even more so of a need now with J-Rod down to the IL, which they clearly didn't prepare for. I don't think you're getting the Twins or the Rays or some team that, you know, maybe the prospects and certainly can't afford them, but, geez, I'll pay the arbitration dollars. What do I care? I get Soto for two-plus years. It makes sense. I don't think it's going to happen, all right? You're looking at Padres, Cardinals, or probably Bust, and Bust being he gets traded in the offseason. I go back to percentages. Let me take you back. 60-40, 60% not dealt, 24 hours, 40% dealt. Here's the percentage Soto opening day next year with the Nationals. Zero. Point zero 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 one. You know, I always yell at fan graphs. Can't be zero. I'm saying there's a chance. It's like dumb and dumber. Zero point zero 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 one. That's the chance for one. Point zero zero one for one next year. This year, 60-40 that he doesn't get dealt. Watch San Diego. Watch St. Louis. Let's stay National League. The Mets, Mancini was certainly a fit for them as they look for a bat. So... The Cubs and the Red Sox now will be more aggressive in what they are trying to do. Let me tell you about that if you're not paying attention. The Mets, I have said really for the last week and a half, I expect we'll have David Robertson by the time the deadline is done. As long as the Cubs allow that deal to happen on its own and stop trying to put Wilson Contreras in the deal, the Mets will have David Robertson at some point between when you and I chat together after the deadline. They will have him setting up Edwin Diaz. There's a fit. There is a matchup of names. They have had many conversations, and D-Rob is a guy that the Mets have high right at the top of their list. The problem is the Cubs know that they need a right-handed bat and are trying to get a Vientos or Mauricio or one of the top Mets prospects for a rental in Wilson Contreras. So far, that has not worked. Watch that as we follow it. Now with Mancini off the board, hey, that's one guy who certainly the Mets wouldn't have had to give that level prospect to get that's now off the board I can't get, Right a bat who is not in the mix. So if Josh Bell's not going to get traded in division, and who knows whether that's a big deal or not, value is higher, even though a rental switch hitter. Okay. Is CJ Crone? Are there other guys? JD Martinez. 
J.D. Martinez, the Red Sox are starting to float out. Now, a lot will change in the next 24 hours. So all of this, the Red Sox are looking for a top prospect, yada, yada, for J.D. Martinez stuff. If they're really going to be sellers, the Mets could get J.D. Martinez, and they're not going to have to give up a top prospect to do it. You're looking for Dominic Smith and in a package or J.D. Davis or who knows, both maybe. You're talking about a prospect, but you're taking the money and you're taking it off their hands, and that's what the deal is about if the Red Sox trade J.D. Martinez. This is not a guy like Xander Bogarts in terms of trade value. But J.D. is a guy to watch. He would absolutely fit where the Mets are going. Higher value in terms of what you're going to have to give to get him. And you've got the expenditure of the money that you did not have prorated the rest of the year for a rental in Trey Mancini. So Mancini off the board. Watch Bell. Watch Contreras. These are some of the other bat names that will go. Pitching side. Dominoes, Castillo, off the board. Mentioned Montas, told you Yankees. Okay, boom, that's right. Noah Syndergaard is going to go. Where does he go? A lot of names. A lot of interesting places. St. Louis was in on Montas, okay? Now, they're not going to have to use what they're trying to do with Soto to get Syndergaard. Syndergaard in St. Louis is something to watch. Syndergaard and perhaps with the Dodgers staying local, they look to build depth, adding another guy. Who knows? Because you can't bank everything on health. Could be something to watch. Houston. Well, you know what? We feel good about our staff, but the Yankees just did this, and Syndergaard would kind of fit in. Yeah, hard-throwing guy. They love those. Maybe, perhaps, Toronto, perhaps. There are other teams that I think Syndergaard in that second tier you should watch as somebody who will move. The one who's going to change the pitching market would be Carlos Rodon. The Giants are the most interesting team to watch in the final 24 hours between this deadline and where we sit now because if Farhan Zaidi can convince this ownership to sell more to Marcel to go back to trading places, you've got Carlos Rodon and Jock Peterson and Brandon Belt and at least two or three relievers, and boom, you could take them all, right? So now if I got Carlos Rodon, guess what I got? I got a guy you just saw his last start two days ago who probably – at the highest level, if I get A-level Castillo and I get A-level Montas and I get A-level Rodon, guess what? You may take, especially from a left side and considering how many tough lefty bats there are on some of these postseason teams, if you're looking at the National League side, Rodon is a really interesting guy. Clearly not going to end up on the Dodgers and the Padres in division because you're not the Giants are not that far off where I think they want to watch him pitch for one of those teams even as a rental. However, Carlos Rodon in St. Louis... Real interesting. Real interesting. Like, real interesting. Carlos Rodon, perhaps in the American League, Tampa Bay, right? Carlos Rodon, perhaps in the American League, Houston. Uh, Toronto, for sure, absolutely could utilize him and use him. And look, don't count out Seattle, because you're not going to give as much for a rental as you did for Castillo, and you're, you're getting down a tier now in your prospects. They want to go for it. They want to maximize and make the playoff. But Rodon, if available, if the Giants sell, interesting piece to watch. So we've got Soto. Keep an eye on him. And I still think Cardinals or Padres or Bust. I, I Look, I hear the Dodgers. I've talked to people around it. They're definitely aggressive. I just don't get it. And I don't know whether or not the Nationals are trying to push the Padres. The Nats very well, think about this common sense-wise, may like the Padres grouping of prospects better and are trying to get A.J. Preller just a little bit scared of the Dodgers because I can't sell to my ownership. Wait a minute, that's another guy? I got to have go beat us the way that happened with Scherzer last year? You're going to tell me I got to go watch Soto for two and a half years now, and I already can't beat this team in a division? 
this may be all about, I mean this, this may, this Dodger thing may all be about roping them in, keeping them in enough to tick off the Padres just to get that little extra piece that you're looking for in that prospect package if you're Mike Rizzo. So watch that for Soto. Keep an eye on the bats because those will be interesting from the DH side when you think about some of those candidates. First base DH, when you think about Josh Bell. Another guy to watch on the, on the Chicago White Sox uh, Cubs side is Ian Happ. Ian Happ is somebody that I think you should keep an eye on with the Yankees specifically. The Yankees are really going for it. I mean, they know they got to maximize this thing. He's the perfect kind of a guy Brian Cashman likes. You know, they're trying to 86 and will, you know, Joey Gallo, that experience is over, trying to move him. They don't really know what they have anymore in Josh Donaldson. You've got the injury with Stanton. You want to keep Stanton and Judge off the legs. Here's Happ, who can go defensively, play all three outfield positions, be in the infield if you need really probably play every day and play at different positions where Booney can move him and maximize what he does, work him around defensively. That's a guy to watch. Again, talking to people around this, the Cubs are trying to get high-end prospects. So what are they doing? They're trying to loop in Wilson Contreras, right, or D-Rob and Ian Happ or Ian Happ and David Robertson, Robertson or Robertson and Contreras, and they're saying, hey, look, instead of quantity, where they've gone in the past, let's get quality. Let's go for a top five prospect from a team and try and do, hey, you won't do it for a rental, but if you also need David Robertson, maybe you would give a Vientos if you're the Mets, who right now have not been willing to do that. I will keep you posted, able and willing, between now and when I go live on deadline day, which again, as you're watching this, it's 24 hours away. Take a deep breath. Relax. Take a chill pill. Take a step back. You got time. I'll keep you posted at Casey Stern. The unfiltered revolution continues. You got to believe. B-L-E-A-V. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.